everybody. Uh, this is just kind of a little note that we're going to put at the beginning of the episode here. Yep, you're listening right now. Uh, this is a trigger warning for one of the films, uh, Short Term 12, that was picked this week. Uh, as we were watching it, we kind of both realized how many intense themes there are that could be found triggering for a lot of people. Um, and if you aren't prepared to deal with some of those themes, uh, totally understand. Just want to give you a heads up that there are a lot of mentions of mentions and depictions of self-harm, suicide, rape, um, abuse. It ticks a lot of boxes. Uh, it is about at-risk youth. Uh, so if you are not prepared to, uh, or, you know, I, I don't know how to put it. Just We just wanted to give you a heads up because we care. If you're not ready for that today, that's totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> just, skip it. just skip it. You can skip the discussion of it. Uh, we won't be mad, promise. We understand. Um, I found a lot of them pretty triggering. That's why I cried through like half of the movie. So <laughs> um, just wanted to give you a heads up. So please, uh, if you aren't, uh, if you are skipping this episode, we'll be back next week with uh, some more fun titles. Uh, so we'll see you then. If not, enjoy this episode. They can't see a peace sign. I don't know why I did that. Welcome back to Stream Weavers. I hope you got your popcorn ready and your tissues. This week uh, was a wild ride. Uh, what, you know, I, I always like that we seem to pick, like, two very, like, polar opposite movies. Yeah, but there's a, definitely a theme going. Yes. Something is happening here. Something's uh, <laughs> in the air. <laughs> um, but this, this week, I have to say, I think was the most polar opposite. <laughs> oh, boy, howdy. Agreed. Uh, Maisie, how was your week? What, what you been up to? We've been taking uh, a vacation off of our other podcast, Murder Blows, um, so we don't really get to hang out <laughs> like we used yeah. to. Like we used to, via the laptop screen <laughs> and a microphone in our faces. Um, I've been good. We watched all season two of Mindhunter. Ugh, I haven't even started Mindhunter. <laughs> it was really, it was good. It's good. I, yeah, they hit a lot of points. And when we got done, John was like, wait, that was it? And I was like, yeah, because that's how it actually happened. <laughs> based off of true facts. And um, I think my husband is like, he's still surprised that I know so much about true crime, but I need him not to be. He was like asking me questions about BTK, which is not a spoiler because he was in season one. Mm -hmm. And it comes up quite a bit in season two. And he was just like, and you just know all that stuff? <laughs> it's just in your brain? <laughs> I was like, yeah, it is. Um, so that was really good. I don't know what else we've been watching. I started Glow. I haven't started that. But we saw Mark Maron. Oh. The last <gasps> we recorded was like the day before. Yes. We How was it? It was so good. He was so funny. The whole crowd was just cackling. Uh, he's just like, he's just like the grumpiest uncle at the family get together, but he has such interesting stories. Everyone wants to hear what he has to say. 100%. But he doesn't want, he doesn't care if anyone listens or not. No, <laughs> it was it was great. He was like getting twisted up in the cord. He was cursing out the microphone stand. <laughs> he's so. It, this sounds weird, but he's he's like a real person. I know all celebrities he and is. is like are real people but even like face to face he just kind of seems like 
a normal human being. Like, yeah. I've gotten so starstruck in front of people. And I was starstruck when I saw him, but he's just so comforting, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he de- he looks like one of, uh, when I was doing photography for a while for the weddings and stuff, he looks like my old boss. And so that's kind of all I could think about. Cause <laughs> he changed the way he's, like, sat and stand. Mm-hmm. He changed his posture a lot. And he was sitting on the stool, and he had his knees, like, as close as he could get them. Mm-hmm. And he would rest his, like, elbow on his knees and do this with his glasses, like, push. Yes. And just, like, hold his eyes closed. And be like, <laughs> guys, I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, though, because it was the second night he did a show at that, um concert hall mm-hmm. and he was like the last show sucked so you guys are in for a treat like he was like oh, no no like downing himself yeah <laughs> it, it was just a good time oh then we left to don was like we should go to more comedy shows and i was like we should anyway yeah they're great i love them i saying that though i think i've only seen um mark maron um and steve-o <laughs> oh my gosh steve-o's a fun fucking time though i bet Steve, i bet he was everywhere he's a blast um yeah i've seen him four times i think that's hilarious three or four yeah but uh yeah he's great uh he's actually legitimately really funny too um which i wasn't expecting because well this sounds bad but i've been a, a diehard jackass fan for a long time mm-hmm. long time um and I've been through a lot with those boys, and I saw Steve-O go through his rap career, and I tried so hard to support him <laughs> through his uh, whip-it-induced rap career, um, but seeing him do stand-up and actually be good at it is very delightful. Yeah. Aw. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But, We're uh, seeing Nick Kroll in October. Fuck, yeah. That sounds awesome. I want to go he's... see Mark Marin and... Uh, Fuck, what, Nick Offerman is coming to Nashville. I'm coming to Nashville. <laughs> in November. Oh my god, I love that man. But. When John, when John and I got engaged, I, um, sent an email to Nick Offerman's workshop, and was like, do you guys make, could you make, like, two rings for, like, wedding bands? And they were like, no, sorry, we don't do that. Oh. I was like, damn it! Worth a shot, <laughs> worth a shot. Yeah. Uh, what could have been anyway (laughs) truly (laughs) (laughs) yeah no big deal nick offerman made this it's fine it's fine um but yeah i i watched a lot of movies this week i'm not sure why because my life has been i started working out and uh get a load of this i'm not going to drink until september 12th well okay that's kind of a lie because i knew like we were going to go out to this ramen restaurant, and I knew I was going to have drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm not buying, like, outside of a restaurant area, and we're saving money, so we're not going out again. Anyways, I'm on a diet. I quit drinking for a month. Nice. I'm one weekend officially today. How's it going? It's the worst. This morning, I had, like, kind of a hectic, like, bullshit morning, and I was like, all I want is a fucking bottle of wine or a fucking mimosa or a beer or whiskey or anything um yeah but it's fine i drink lots of water well i mean i usually drink like a gallon a day but you're gonna be peeing so much <sighs> like... oh yeah i oh yeah 
bladder is like a fucking pee. Max capacity. <laughs> At all times. <laughs> bladder is like pee. It's <laughs> science anatomy. Wow. Um, but no, I really, I drink a gallon a day. I started exercising. That blows. Wow. <laughs> The only thing I like about it is lately I haven't been falling asleep at my desk at work. (laughs) Usually I do that. Do you try to work out before work or after? After, because I have to be up at like 4.30 a.m. Yeah, that's true. That's no good. Which, uh, the, one of the hosts on Nature is Wild podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, Jelly, she wakes up at like 4 in the morning to exercise. Some people do that. She's a, a champ truly um also listen to nature is wild it's great you should it is great we wouldn't um, lie to you. yeah no but what yeah, movies did you watch i watched uh hatchet one and hatchet two uh they're both like on the no <laughs> okay think of the book and then watch these movies let me know what you think no um <laughs> they're uh they're like a like an 80s slasher brought to like modern day, but they're so gory and stupid and awful, and I love them. They're great. Um, yeah, they're so much fun. Hands down, like some of the most fun movies to watch to get you in the like Halloween spirit, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I watched Trick or Treat, one of my other favorite Halloween movies. Um, Glow, the movies for this week. I feel like there's another one. Mm, I feel like there's another one. I can't think of it, though. Dang. Yeah. Fresh out. But I did I... watch I did watch uh, something. I watched an entire season of a show on Netflix called Blown Away. How? Glass-blowing competition. Yeah. How it's was that? Really good. Also, hi, Edding Maisie, because I could take this out. This is me just telling you that John's sister was in town, and mm-hmm. we took edibles and watched the glass-blowing show. Yes. And... Oddly enough, it's all I could focus on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the time to do it. So very into it. But. I did edibles for the first time. I quite enjoy it. Me, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably do one later after I get done grocery shopping. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I ate the last one we had on Friday. Yeah, because I got accidentally high um, at dinner. It was a wild ride. I sat down and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad news bears oh that is something um i uh last weekend i had my first edible and we watched pineapple express which yeah, i still know tonight. yeah i still know Holy like every line shit. it's the best it's so it, it, i mean Honestly, it's a hilarious movie but listen john is out of town he's gonna be out of town until wednesday so it's just me and the doge here and all I have to do today is go grocery shopping and pick up food for her. And once I get done with that... Golden. Why didn't I think to watch that movie while I had an edible? <laughs> it's the best. I'm not even kidding. Like, I've been thinking about it all week. In fact, I paid Eric. <laughs> you also don't have to put this in. Hi, Eddie Maisie. Unless you want to. I don't care. Um, I Venmoed Eric money for, uh, like, weed cartridges and I, I had the hardest time like thinking of a tagline because I wanted to put something in from Pineapple Express, and yeah. so I put uh, uh oh, it's a cold sore. I've never had one before, so I started to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Did he know what was going on? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because 
I don't think he realized how much of that movie I knew. And then we started it. And, of course, the opening scene, for those of you that haven't seen Pineapple Pineapple Express, what are you doing with your lives, Uh, is Bill Hader trying item nine, which is marijuana. And I knew every single line, like to a T. I feel like a slice of butter over a big old pile of flapjacks. Yeah. Like, down to his cough, the your dick, my mouth scene, everything. <laughs> and Eric was like, what did I do? But he was too high. He didn't care either. What did I do? <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. Maybe in April, if we still have this thing going, which I hope we do, we'll pick, like, weed movies. That would be great. But we can't pick Pineapple Express because that's a given. Yeah, no. Just watch Pineapple Express anyways. On um, your own. Real quick, I think we've got a little bit of time before we jump into the movies. I did, it's kind of a downer. I'm sorry, the world happens. Um, the rainforest is on fire. Yeah, the Amazon. Yeah, that blows. I just find myself, like, daily getting super bummed about it. (laughs) It's such a small thing. Um, but I... Quite massive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, but I feel like me just being like, shit, I'm, like, bummed out about it is, like, a small reaction. But there are, like, three other fires going on. Um, but I like that uh, the so far the best and easiest to access information I found is Leonardo DiCaprio, as always. Um, what? Yeah, he, like, he posts about shit like this all the time. He always keeps me up to date on my, like, nature environment things. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of movie-related, right? Um, Leo, you're, you're, uh, you're local environmental warrior. He really is, though. I mean... Did you see him on the front lines when they were trying to drill oil in that Native American uh, reservation? Standing Rock? Yeah. No. Leo was, like, on the front lines fucking taking pepper spray and shit. Is this, like, Instagram? What's happening? Yeah. Well, he posts on his Instagram every once in a while and Twitter, but I, like, saw it in the news. They were like, is that Leonardo DiCaprio? And he was like, yes. Oh. Yeah, his whole feed is, like, nature. Yeah. He's all about it, which I'm here for. He's like, hi, I like to date 25-year-old women and save the environment. (laughs) But anyways, uh, please donate, sign petitions. Um, I think the Peace Corps has a really good petition going around. Uh, They're also going to try drilling in Alaska again, I think. Please just stop shitty people from being even more shitty to the world. Because I love movies more than most things in life. And if there's no environment, I can't have fucking movies. That's true. <laughs> so, also, like, existing just stops. So, don't be a dick to the environment. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to use that segue. <laughs> That's not a segue at all. Uh, to talk about this week's movies. Now, um, we're going to talk about a little gem <laughs> under what? the name of uh, <laughs> Night School. Say it. Night School. Say it's Night me. School. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> um, starring a God, a ton of people, a fuck ton Honestly, of people. Yeah, like everyone just kept showing up. So, yeah. Night School is a if you haven't heard of it, a 2018 comedy that is an hour long and 56 minutes. It's got 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, let's see who who we got in this. In this cast right here, uh, IMVD also, I guess that equals out to three out of five stars. 
<laughs> sure. Okay, then BD, need you to cooperate. We have Kevin Hart, who plays Teddy. Tiffany Hash plays Carrie. That's pretty much all you need to know. Uh, Rob Riggle. Uh, plays Romney Big Malco. Mac. Yeah, who was Big Mac? Uh, Romney Malco plays Teddy's dad. Taryn Killam. No, 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 no. Uh, Romney Malco is the guy from 40 Year Old Virgin uh, that has the hoe for show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Keith David, who I fucking love, plays uh, Teddy's dad. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I no, just love okay. Keith David. That's I got excited. That's a very big correction, and I, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Fat Joe plays Bobby. What the hell? I got so mad. Maisie, I almost turned this damn movie off when I was like, that's Fat Joe. That's Fat Joe. Fat oh. Joe. Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. I'm trying to think of any other. Did you say Taryn Killam? Yeah, Taryn Killam and Mary Lynn. I don't know how to say her last name. Rajkub? Rashkub? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. That all sounds right. Um, yeah, what? those are our those are our major key players. <laughs> What's this movie about, Maisie? Uh, you know what? This movie is about second chances, Violet. <laughs> I thought you were going to read the IMDb, like, description, but you're like, no, second chances. <laughs> What's the second chances? Let's see. Listen, laptop. I need you to get it together. All right. So, synopsis is Teddy Walker is, is a successful salesman who whose life takes an unexpected turn when he accidentally blows up his place of employment. Spoiler alert. Forced to attend night school to get his GED, Teddy soon finds himself dealing with a group of misfit students. Of course he does. His former high school nemesis and a feisty teacher who doesn't think he's he's too bright. Wow. What a great uh, character description of all the people involved in this movie. Alright. Um, so <laughs> So, um, I don't know why I picked this <laughs> one of the school thing, but I've just really been on a tif Tiffany Haddish kick, and I love her so much. She's absolutely my favorite part of this whole movie. Um, I wish I had a teacher like her in high school, but unfortunately, teachers can't be that for every child because they're super overworked and severely underpaid. Yeah. So just get the school supplies off your kids' list and stop complaining about it. Okay? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Um, so this movie is about Teddy, who is living well uh, beyond his means. He does not have a GED. He dropped out of high school. Uh, we see him as a little pipsqueak in high school, and they have all these, like, it's so funny because one of the first scenes is, like, a standardized test. And you, they have actual high school students, and then you have full-ass adults sprinkled in there as students like Ben Schwartz and Kevin Hart. <laughs> that is my favorite thing in the whole world, though, when, like, 30-year-old... I think that's my first note. It says, like, I fucking love when 30-year-old, like, grown-ass people play, like, fucking 16-year-olds. Uh, I Taron as it. a teenager was hilarious. He looked so out of place. The yeah. only one that fit in was Ben Schwartz. <laughs> I just made his hair, like, more close <laughs> yeah. to his head. <laughs> it just made him look more Jewish, and they were like, he's yeah. in high school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I love that the movie opens with so fresh and so clean, too, because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. The soundtrack right. was pretty good, though. <laughs> they I played, didn't even look at it. They played Hey Ya by Outkast. Yeah. There's yeah, all sorts of, of good, good jams. 
Um, but they're taking the standardized test, and you just see, like, Teddy, a beautiful mind, in not a good way. Like, the letters are just, like, floating up above <laughs> his face, which, like, I felt that, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and he just drops out, and that's cool, because he, as an adult, has a really super powerful girlfriend who's really into interior design and, like, makes her own money. She's a boss-ass bitch, and she looks super hot, and that's super cool. And also, he drives a nice car. And, and is a barbecue salesman. He's a barbecue salesman, but that's how he makes his money that he pays for everything. Because his pride is too much. And, yeah. I don't want to question his masculinity when it comes to money. Anyway... Uh, so he's the barbecue salesman, and the guy that owns the store is like, you know what, Teddy, you've been doing great for so long. I've hired, I hired you when you were a teen. Thanks so much for all your hard work. I'm gonna give you the business when I retire. And he was like, what? Thank you so much. <laughs> like, that's exactly what it sounded like. And so he tells his girlfriend he's got this cool opportunity. When the guy retires, he's gonna get the store that holds the barbecues and patio furniture, which there's no shame in that. Just gotta hustle you know and uh so <laughs> can you tell the passion i have for this movie okay so uh, <laughs> here's something i have to ask because i texted you this thinking you had already watched it i did but i had to stop in the middle and i just finished oh, okay. it, like a couple days later Tight. but anyway um so teddy loses the chance to own the business but i don't yeah. know if i like blinked for i promise you i paid attention to this movie I promise you, I did not miss a beat. But apparently, well, I did miss a beat. How did how did he not inherit the barbecue dynasty? Let me tell you. Okay. So, um, they Teddy and his girlfriend go to dinner with all of their friends or whatever. Yes. And um, Lisa is her girlfriend's name. Yes. She's like, I'll get the bill. Don't worry about it. And Teddy's like, No, no, I got like eight people here. Like, I'll take care of it. Or, or his friend, mm-hmm. Ben Schwartz. I don't remember his character's name. Marvin? Marv. That's what it was. But he, like, kicked him under the table and was like, you gotta pay for it. This is a lot of people. Or whatever. I don't remember. Whatever. Well, yeah, so, and then the chef was like, I'm gonna pay for it. Oh, because it was a client. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And then Lisa was like, we don't let clients pay. That way, you know, we don't owe them anything. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um... Kevin gets the bill. It's like $800. And so it's so disgusting. <laughs> I hated this part. <laughs> uh, basically, he takes his own pubes and puts them on his cheesecake. And so he tells the waiter, he's like, look, these are in my food or whatever. And there's a whole scuffle and they get kicked out. Or they get their meal paid for by the chef. Yes. That's what it was. And then that waiter gets fired. That comes back. Stay tuned. Um, So, after that, uh, Teddy takes Lisa to the barbecue store, and he's got all this stuff set up. There's, like, lights, and there's, like, a curtain and stuff, and all the grills are on, and there's fire coming out of them, and it looks cool. And um, he proposes to her. She says yes. And as they celebrate, they open a bottle of champagne, and the cork just flies, and they don't really pay attention to it. But it knocks, like, the propane tank. Mm -hmm. It knocks one of the hoses off, and so gas is released into the hot warehouse building with a bunch of grills going off. So, um... I seriously don't remember that. And I 
That really? was after, yeah, that was after I quit drinking, so, like, <laughs> That is so funny. So, wild. Uh, they're standing there, and they're, like, celebrating, and Lisa's like, oh, I smell gas. Like, this is weird. And he's like, all right, you know, just go outside, and I'll be out there in a second. I'll turn everything off. So he turns everything off, or he, like, I don't know how he survives, but there's an explosion, <laughs> and the store is just gone. Puff. And... I can't believe I missed the one explosion in the whole movie. Yeah, there was like, he he flies through the air and lands on the hood of a car. Yeah, like the one action thing in the. I do remember that. I do remember that actually. But, anyways, (laughs) that movie's a blur. Yeah. So, um, safe to say he does not get the rights to the store anymore because it is ruined. Um,. So, he's like, shit, what am I going to do? I don't have a job. I definitely don't have money now. And he goes to his friend Marv, and he's like, look, Marv, can I get a job with your company? It seems to be, like, something in stocks or something. There's a lot of people in suits in a high building and a lot of black screens with neon green numbers behind them. So, that's what we're going to go with. Um, And Marv's like, look, you know, I would do anything for you, but you have to have a GED at least to work here. He's like, okay cool, cool, cool. I'll just go and like buy a cheap GED certificate online. And Marv's like, no, no, you you got to actually have it. He's like, okay, fine. So he goes to his high school that he had just dropped out of, or dropped out of years before, and um, oh yeah, he does go to the principal and the principal happens to be Stuart. That's his name. Taryn Killam. Taryn Killam, who plays Stuart is uh, the arch nemesis, if you didn't get that from the beautifully written synopsis that was provided for us. Um, (laughs) So he goes in, and he sees that his worst enemy is the principal, and the principal's like, well, we don't have a night school, so sorry, I can't help you, and then they run and walk down the hall, and they run into Tiffany Haddish, who plays Carrie. She's like, why did you give me more classes to do? You know I teach night school and, like, special ed and whatever. Kevin's like, or Teddy, he's like, you have a night school class, you lied to me. So, safe to say, Gary's pissed that the principal lied to him and he gets to be in night school. Um, so we get into the night school, and you you meet the misfits that are in the class. You have your, um, first of all, you have your super standard prisoner, played by Fat Joe. <laughs> yeah, who's doing his class from a laptop. Yeah, yep, love that. Um, you've got the, like, jock, I guess, which is going to be Mac. Big Mac. Oh, Big, Big Mac. Mac. Yep, he has a son. Who, his son Little Mac. is, like, threatening to drop out of high school, right? Right. And so he's like, look, I'll get my GED and you'll finish high school. I guess that's right. their character drive. Right. Um, then you have uh, Maya, I think is her name, which is a young girl that's been in and out of juvie. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't get her GED, she's going to go to prison. Something like that, yeah. Cool. Teresa is uh, oh, she's, mom. She's played by that lady that I love. She was so funny in this movie. She really was. Uh, the writing just, was lacking, but she was really good. <laughs> we just said her name. Yeah. Uh, something. Oh, Rushka. Yeah. Um, she's hilarious. She's a mom of three who dropped out to have a kid. She's super blessed. She loves her husband, Randy. She's not <laughs> in a bad relationship at all. It's fine. Um, you have Jay, who's 
just seems like a pervert. <laughs> Honestly. Is he the... I thought he was a pimp. Uh, I don't I, know. He worked in a warehouse forever, and he got let go, and he doesn't want to work in a hotel, which is, I guess, his only other option if yeah, he doesn't get I guess, his I guess I did miss that. <laughs> He's the guy from 40-Year-Old Virgin, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think who else is in the class. I think that's it. Oh, the the waiter. Oh, and the waiter. Who wants to be a pop singer. Yes, and they said, like, Enrique Iglesias, and he was like, no, not like Enrique Iglesias. Like Justin Bieber. (laughs) Yeah, like Justin Bieber. A grown-ass man wants to be like Justin Bieber. It's cool. Um, Tight. uh, This middle part's kind of a blur. They Um, have one goal is to get their GED, mm -hmm. and they do a practice test. Which they steal the answers for. Well, don't they take, like, a little test before that? I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Doesn't matter. They're in class. They're not paying attention. And, you know, Carrie's just teaching four classes in a day, and she's just trying to do her best. Um, yeah, so they have, like, a midterm they have to do, and they try to steal the answers. Uh, Rob Riggle's character, Big Mac, shows up in a yellow hoodie (laughs) one night. (laughs) Which was funny. Oh my god, my favorite part. Maybe my favorite part of the whole movie is before Kevin Hart goes to the high school to even sign up for night school. He gets the uh, job. No, no, no. Oh. He's in the car uh-huh. on his way to the school, and he pulls up next to someone at a red light. It turns out to be Carrie, but he doesn't know that yet. And she's, like, talking to her mom oh, yeah. on that thing or whatever, mm-hmm. and she's talking really loud, and he's like, can you not yell on your phone or whatever, I can hear you. And she was like, sorry, Mom, I gotta deal with this burnt leprechaun. And she calls him a burnt <laughs> leprechaun. And I don't know why, it just tickled me so much, but it did. Well, and then he finds out that's his teacher, and it's like, oh, uh... Serendipitous. Serendipitous. <laughs> we also forgot to mention that during this time, he has a job at a chicken restaurant called Christian Chicken, which is a Christian-based chicken restaurant. Which is a hard swipe at Chick-fil-A. And I, love I didn't it. even think about that. I'm so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's even more hilarious that the chicken restaurant, Chicken Christ- or Christian Chicken, is right next to a strip club. Oh, and yeah. And he is, like, flipping the sign outside or whatever, and he's like, if I stand in the right spot, I can smell cocoa butter and fried chicken. So, <laughs> I'm the real... He says it, like, twice in the That's movie. That's right. Um, okay, so they try and steal the exam answers. Mm-hmm. Of course, the one girl that's been in and out of juvie knows how to, like, hack a computer. <laughs> She's the youngest one. Yeah. Um, uh, they get the soccer mom of three kids that's getting her GED. They get her to be the one that, like, stalls the principal. Oh, yeah. Turns out she's super awkward, and it's great. She just talks about butt stuff. <laughs> and Teddy's like, don't mention the butt stuff. But she, Of course. But oh, my does. voice cracked. <laughs> she's like, crack it like a walnut. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Um, <laughs> what world is this? What is what? the what is the heart universe? I just need to know. This is it. We're in it. Um. um so, Teddy's having a hard time focusing, and uh, Carrie does this thing where she takes him into like a fighting octagon. I don't even know what it's really oh, called. Because this is after he is diagnosed with dyslexia. And... No, no, this is before. They do it oh. a little bit before, too. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, okay, okay. They do, like, a short clip of him doing it before. And she's like, what's the square root of whatever? And he's like, I don't know. And she just keeps punching him. And then she's like, well, 
we have to make a different approach here. So, yeah. um, this is... So they get busted. Of course you have, like, six adults trying to steal a test from a high school. Um, they get locked down in the high school. Uh, so they go to the roof, and they try to jump from... This is... This is the part, okay? They jump from one roof to another. Uh, the hacker girl does it first, and she's the youngest, so she, like, goes over with no problem. And then they get the biggest dude to Big Rob Mac. Riggle. Rob Riggle. I want us to call him Tom Riggle, and I don't know why. <laughs> Tom Riddle <laughs> from Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they get Rob Riggle to do it, and he misses the second roof, and, like, if this were a real movie, dead, he would be dead. Dead as fuck. But it, I watched his body fall like a damn rag doll. He fell off of the roof. He landed on his back on like a like a like a railing for stairs and landed <laughs> face down into the stairs. Doesn't he like rack his nuts too? Like he definitely would have popped some testes. Probably, but his back like landed. The back landing on oh, the rail, yeah. like fucked me up even though like, it was not him obviously yeah no it was like cg dummy rob riggle <laughs> but they he rolled over and he's like guys i think my arm feels funny and kevin goes his shoulder's in his mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he breaks the shit out of his arm and then what's his face throws up on him oh yeah because he he's been eating uh like, christian chicken and then it just shows kevin hart walking into his apartment Oh, yeah, and his wife's, or girl, fiance's like, are you Come getting cold you. feet? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, obviously. I would rather tell you that than, like, be up front with you. Right. Then I'm going to get my GED at night school. Anyway, um, okay, so they go to class the next day, and Carrie, the teacher's like, listen, I know what you did. I'm pissed. Here's one of the notes I wrote is uh tiffany Addish is underrated because i don't know if you noticed but during that whole scene where she's like yelling at the class and super upset mm -hmm. she's holding back tears yeah like she's super no like she's really well known for being a comedy person she's mm -hmm. the she ready like she's the party girl like yeah. she's here for a good time i was just so impressed that she was like holding back tears like she was really yelling at that class um, i think that's what kind of bums me out about movies like this not just like i'm not just saying kevin hart movies but like any kind of like comedy in this vein like i think melissa mccarthy is kind of victim of this a lot um jonah hill was for a while just these like really talented comedic performers that get kind of stuck in these roles and you just see them playing and it's like they're good performances they're going so wasted on these like really right. awful movies like i want to see her in something either super serious or like just totally yeah. left field for her well and say what you will but like it's like seeing amy schumer in Trainwreck in the scene where she's talking talking about her dad which is like very emotional like i cried the whole time the movie's great and then seeing her in snatched which i liked but you know it's in the same vein of like very like dick and fart joke slapstick right. kind of yeah comedy but you know seeing like performances in that and just kind of being like why are we wasting our time on this right like <laughs> i would I love to see tiffany haddish in something a little more oomph 
Right. <laughs> but. Exactly. Um, so after that scene, she was like, uh, she kicks Teddy out, and then Teddy goes back, has some stops, story four or whatever. And so she actually suggests that he gets tested for a learning disability. And I wrote that. That's my only, those are my only two notes. Because I kind of teared up at that. Yeah. No one ever suggested. I talked yeah. about this on Murder Blows, and I just feel like when I was in school or when we were in school, mm-hmm. and I'm 26 now, like, they didn't suggest that stuff. No. They didn't want to know. They didn't care. Um, you should be able to read the board. You should be able to just yeah, just fuck it up or, like, suck it up and yeah. <laughs> fuck it up and fuck it up, you know? Fuck like, it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, just suck it up and learn like everybody else is learning, and that's just not how it is. I remember I failed geometry with a seven. Everyone on this po- that listens to this podcast is like, wow, Vital's a dumb bitch. But I'm not. Like, well, maybe I am. I don't know. But You're not. I remember going to the teacher when I was, like, failing miserably, and I was like, I'm not getting this. Like, I'm not grasping this. And I'll never forget, my teacher looked like Gene Wilder, but if, like, Gene Wilder wasn't magical and was actually just an asshole, that would have mm-hmm. been my teacher. But, and he was like, well, did you read the math book? And I was like, okay, motherfucker, like, duh. Did you read the math book? Yeah. I read, yeah, like, night. yeah. <laughs> well, and I even did, though. I, like, read the pages of this lesson. I was like, I'm not understanding this. And he's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm dyslexic, so that doesn't really... I did really great in English and literature, but I don't know why. I just can't math. I really can't, though. But, yeah, there was no, like, assistance. I just literally failed the class with a 7. And that's with doing, like, every single test. Like, I did everything. In fact, I remember when we did the final exam, he looked at me. He's like, do you even want to take it? Fuck off. That's the worst, though, because you give it your all. Well, and you're like, maybe if I sit in a room and everything's totally quiet. Like, maybe if I try a little white. Yeah. Maybe if I try outside. Like, exactly. Maybe if I try to take notes during class. Maybe I try not. Like, you try yeah. so fucking hard. He said I was gossiping with my friends too much. And I was like, that makes no sense. I have one friend here. She sits halfway across the class. And I'm acing all of my other classes. Like, biology. Uh, fucking, I accidentally got put into world history, which I actually did struggle in, but it was an advanced class and I was not prepared. It was an accident. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they didn't take me out of it. They just let me suffer through it. But anyways, yeah, I hate school. <laughs> yeah. But and- yeah, I like that they did that in the movie. I, th- I hate when they do stuff like that in these like low ball movies. You like know? Like actual. <laughs> yeah, like. Good point. You could have made this movie so much better with that premise right there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That he has, like, a learning disability and schools don't, like, accepted with Justin well, Long. I've never seen, oh, was that the one where he makes up a school? Ask me about my wiener. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that yeah, movie's. I rented that from a blockbuster one time. See? That movie's actually really great and is kind of the same type of comedy, like, mm-hmm. out of this realm, you know, realistic, but it still had, like, a really good message the whole way through. Right. And ended on that note. But anyways, carry on. Sorry. No, I feel like a good example is when uh, Carrie tells Teddy that he has the learning disability. He goes, I got the learning herpes. And you're like, okay. Exactly. You took a a real moment and then just shat on it. Yeah. Um, But anyway, I like that they uh, added that plot line in there. And they, because the whole time Teddy's family is like, you're just dumb. Like, I told this boy he was just dumb. He's just dumb. Yeah. And that's just not cool. Don't tell your kids that. Guess what, 2019? Don't tell your kids they're just dumb. <laughs> um, 
so they train, train, and train super hard for this GED test. They go back to the octagon. That's what they call it, just the octagon. Yeah. And Teddy's like, why are we in the circle? And she's like, first of all, it's an octagon, you idiot. Get it together. And then she punches him. But yeah. they are doing this training. It's like a rocky training montage of her just nailing him every time he doesn't know what's going on. She'll ask him what's the square root of whatever, and then she puts him in a headlock and like does a chicken wing on his arm. He, he can't yeah. focus. Focus, Teddy. Your arm's gonna focus. be behind your head for you to focus. Focus. Um, there was one really funny scene where they're in the octagon and she's kicking his ass, and she's like, "What is? Oh, God, what it was like? What is water?" Oh like, yeah, components of water, yeah. and then you just see Ben Schwartz like doing the. Like the Catholic, like <laughs> even though he's Jewish. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that was funny. That was funny for me. Um, yes. Let's see. So every their whole class takes the G GED, and they're in the parking lot. They get the results, and one by one, everyone's passing and pass, pass, pass. I got one forty six. I got a six forty. Whatever. Great. Before we go any further, I just <laughs> I have to let you know, I hated this next entire part of the movie. I hated it. Yeah, I was so, like, eye-rolling. Like, I, ugh, I hated it. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> okay, interesting. I want to hear more about that. Okay. Um, that wasn't sarcastic. It sounded like it could have been, but I didn't. Know. <laughs> uh, so, Teddy gets his score back, and he fails. He gets a 117, and he's just like, you know what? It's okay. I'll take it again. And then it's, a ne it's another little montage of him being like, well, I failed it. And he goes to Marv's work. He's like, I failed. And he's like, you came to tell me you failed. You came all the way down here yes. to tell me you failed. <laughs> and so he keeps failing, keeps failing. And then eventually he gets it. So why do you hate that part? I hate it because it was like, I feel like it, I just thought it was wild. Like, yeah, it's sure, sure it's okay that he like failed it the first time. Cause like sometimes you don't get everything on the first try, but he fails it like eight times. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was kind of for comedic value, you know? And they were, like, also trying to show that he was, like, still determined to do it. And then, and then like, he passes and that's it. Oh, well, I guess it's not it, but, like, it kind of is it. I mean, yeah, that's essentially it. He ended up graduating. They have the night school graduates in with the senior class. In and... prom. Oh, right? yeah, they go to prom. Oh, yeah. But. Which was kind of funny. Um, oh, they're dancing. I actually liked that part where he was, he kept failing mm -hmm. and failing and failing. And here's why, is I don't think this movie is necessarily for adults, but it's not not for kids. Yeah. So for a kid to see that and to see the main character, maybe a person of color mm -hmm. that has a learning disability and as a grown-ass adult swallowed his pride. Yeah. And that's maybe fair. I'm giving the movie too much credit, but <laughs> no, that's going fair. going to get a GED and then failing and then trying it again and then failing and trying it again, but still working at the Christian Chicken or whatever. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I didn't mind it. I thought maybe it was one too many fails or whatever, but yeah, and maybe part of it was for comedic value. But I like I like the overall meaning. Yeah, I guess it just felt kind of like disjointed. Like, I don't know, it just... Oh, 100% when he says shit like learning herpes. And you're like, alright, well... Yeah. Well, oh yeah, the whole movie I was just 
<laughs> any given moment, I was like, wow, that was kind of funny. It was, like, trampled by, like, unnecessary foghorn. Right. <laughs> That's what I felt. It was just like a, like a fucking air horn of comedy in any right. given moment. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, um... At the end. But that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Because if you think about it, it was probably mostly teenagers that went to go see this. Yeah, because, I mean, and, well, as someone, I guess, it doesn't hit close, I guess, but I, I mean, I'm a high school dropout, technically, um, and I got my GED, and I don't know, I guess it was... A very like funny, that. oh yeah, definitely not, but, <laughs> but there was no, like, I don't know, it, I, obviously movies aren't, like, real life all the time, so, it, I don't know. I thought it was cool that they let the seniors walk with the night school graduates, though, because my yeah. graduation ceremony was, like, super weird for my GED. It was very odd. Oh. I did, did not like, 10 out of 10 would not go. <laughs> Shouldn't have gone, but. It's alright. Anyways, yeah. is that the end of the... Well, he, like, confesses to his girlfriend yeah. that he got his oh, GED. Oh, that was a, another plot line, is the principal wanted to get back at Teddy. Oh, yeah. I forgot for all about super, it. Yeah, because it's, like, <laughs> third-wave plot line. <laughs> um, turns out, in high school, Teddy was really popular, even though he wasn't really good at academics, and Stuart, his nemesis, who ended up being the principal of the night school, um was just jealous of him because that's all Stuart had was academics, so... And third nipple. And a third nipple. Never forget the third nipple. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I actually forgot about that part. Um... So... When they have their, their last class of night school before the GED test, and they're like, oh, it's the same night of prom, let's just go to the prom. Well... <sighs> What's his name? Stuart has been, over the past weeks, has been um, having meetings with Teddy's fiance to do some interior design for the school. So she just happens to stop by the night of the prom and sees Teddy dancing and like, what are you doing at a high school prom or whatever? And that's when all of the, the confessions come out that he, you know wasn't already working for Marv's company. He was in night school to get his GED, and she's like, I don't care about all that stuff. Blah, blah, blah. I love you for you. I don't care about your money. I have enough money on my own. Get it. Work. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was Stuart's big revenge on Teddy because he was holding a grudge since high school. But they wind up together anyway, spoiler alert. And they alert. wind up together anyway, and Teddy, or Stuart's like, I'm sorry, I was a jerk. And then Carrie's like, I made him say that, or I would kill him. And you're like, ha. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Airhorn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so I guess, Maisie, did you like night school? It was fine. <laughs> That's good. I liked the overall, um, really, uh. Message. The, message there was just a lot of fluff yeah and i like tiffany haddish that's the fair. burnt leprechaun thing really sent me and i don't know why <laughs> yeah i mean would you recommend it to somebody i would recommend it to my 16 year old stepsister who's probably already seen it probably thinks it's great other than that yeah you're all right 
<laughs> You're good. You could you could watch. It's one of those movies though. Like you could watch the trailer and then that's the funny part. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. So spoiler alert: if yeah. you watch the trailer. Well, I hate to bring it to you. I didn't like it. I wouldn't recommend I think... it to people. It's just not my, not my cup of tea. Yeah. I don't know, but I. I will say that I still appreciate this podcast for getting me to watch movies that I never, ever, ever, ever would. <laughs> like, right. there were. Same. But, uh, yeah. Just Same. please don't ever make me watch Central Intelligence with The Rock. Oh, I won't. Okay. <laughs> if we ever pick a spy movie, just please. <laughs> I'll pick Spy Kids always. Don't worry about it. Ah, yeah. Spy Kids. All right, everybody. Now we are going to uh, switch, switch moods. Uh, turn turn the switch. Turn your mood light down, but not for a sexy way, for like a sad way. Um, Maybe turn it on to purple, cause purple is a happier light. <laughs> there you go. Um, and you might need it when watching this next movie, uh, which was my pick, Short Term Twelve. Uh, I really like those gut punches. Uh, it... I really wanted to start clapping when you said the title, but I don't want to mess up the audio. Aww. <laughs> um, it is a 2013 drama, uh, ranking in at 8 out of 10 on IMDb, a 98% on Rotten Tomato, and a 4.1 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I don't know what that means. Um, it is directed by Dustin Daniel Cretton, uh, and it stars... Get ready for this cast list, y'all, because wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Um, it's uh, Brie Larson in the title role of Grace. John Gallagher Jr. is Mason. Uh, you've probably seen him in 10 Cloverfield Lane or Hush. Um, both great movies, by the way. Uh, Stephanie Beatrice is Jessica, who's Rosa on... That's uh, one of my notes. Fucking Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I freaked out. I didn't realize... Like, I didn't watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine when I first watched this movie. And I've only ever seen it, like, one or two times prior to this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Remy Malik uh, is Nate. Uh, from Mr. Robot and, of course, Bohemian Rhapsody. And then uh, Lakeith Stanfield as Marcus. Uh, he was credited as Keith Stanfield uh, in this movie, though. And then there's one more. Uh, Caitlin Dever as Jaden. Um, Babies. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, so this is a 20-something stu- supervising staff member of a residential treatment facility navigates the troubled waters of that world alongside her co-worker and longtime boyfriend. Um, <clears throat> so I will say I definitely cheated on this one because it's not very school involved. It just involves uh, kids kind of going through. I mean, it's it's almost like a halfway house for troubled or kids that leave tro- lead troubled lives. Mm-hmm. Um, Macy, I kind of want to, well, I guess I'll ask you at the end. Uh, I'm not going to run through everything because I do think this is one of those movies that I really wish more people would see. It is definitely, after rewatching it, it definitely holds a place in my top five. Um, so spoiler alert, I did really, really like it. <laughs> did it, did um, it win awards? It didn't even get nominated. I remember, though, when it came out, because I feel like I saw it everywhere. Yeah. I Well, that's good. Wow. I I didn't hear anything about it other than the fact that, like, I'm a diehard Brie Larson fan um, and have been since United States of Terra. Oh, oh she's come God. so far. Oh, can we watch that again? Yeah. I love that fucking show so much. I know. Um, but yeah, uh, so I'm just a really big Brie Larson fan, and I also love John Gallagher Jr., but uh, I'm going to go through this movie and kind of give you, like, I guess just the roundabout overarching plot, 
But I don't think I really want to spoil it, right? No. You okay. can watch United States of Terra on Hulu. Perfect. Oh, and I didn't know that. <laughs> I forgot. Night School was available on HBO. Now. Uh, HBO Now. And then uh, Short Term 12 is available on Netflix and Amazon Prime, I believe. So um, get it while you can. <laughs> it, it, soak it all up while you can. Because my other pick was going to be fucking Breakfast Club, and they took that off within like a week. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but everyone's seen Breakfast Club, right? Yeah. Um, so the movie starts out really, really brilliantly. You have, uh, John Gallagher Jr. introducing the new guy, Nate, um, to the facility. And he decides to do so in telling a story about how he, like, how some of the things work. Like, if the kids, uh, reach outside of the gate, you're not allowed to touch them. And legally, if they want to leave, they can. Um, so they, this kid, Wesley... Uh, kind of escapes the facility. It's John Gallagher Jr.'s first, one of his first days, um, and he's on guard, like kind of like guard duty, and he decides to he needs to follow this kid, but he's had the tacos for lunch and has to take a shit. <laughs> I know it's an odd way to start out a movie, but it kind of sets the tone for his character. Um, yeah, truly. And uh, <clears throat> he's really, I don't want to say the comic relief, because there's not a lot of that in this movie at all. Um, but there are a lot of really good, like, kind of smiley, feel-good moments in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is explaining that he followed this kid all the way to the bus, or, like, on this bus. And the kid says, if you get off at this next stop, which was his plan prior to this knowledge, if you get off at this next stop, I'm gonna fucking rip your balls off and beat the shit out of you until you die. And he's like shit (laughs) well so the kid gets off the bus john gallagher jr follows in in tow and the kid turns around ready to beat the shit out of him and he shits his pants right there in front of him the kid mason does yeah mason no (laughs) wesley's fine (laughs) but uh mason shits his pants the kid is laughing his ass off and decides to come back with him um now in the middle of the story or right after it's done being told, Grace rolls up on her bicycle and a tiny little red-haired boy bursts out of the facility screaming, running full speed. And uh, they chase him, tackle him, not tackle him, but they get him down to the ground and, and in essence kind of say, this is very usual. The kid's like screaming at him. He's like, don't touch me, fucking perverts. Uh, and he's like, yeah, this is kind of everyday thing. And even Grace mentioned, she's like, I think you got really far this time. This is a new record. Right. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> working out. I think Mace is like, are you been working out? <laughs> yeah. um, so you kind of get a feel for this movie that the kids aren't like your average run-of-the-mill ordinary students. Um, and everyone is kind of dealing with their own thing. In the opening credits, you get to see like different people's bedrooms um, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, who plays Marcus, has, like, a little betta fish in his, and, um... My first, my first note, which I took when they were going through the opening credits, mm-hmm. is, this one's gonna make me cry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, first off, I have to ask, did it make you cry? I, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, same. Um, almost all the way through. <laughs> I think so, too. There was a moment in the opening credits when I saw certain characters, and I teared up, and I was like, fuck, I'm gonna cry. Um, yeah. <laughs> um... God. So, like I said, it, it's hard not just explaining this movie cut for cut for cut 
Um, so after that, I believe they, they don't have the community meeting. They do, which I think is important because it kind of shows where Nate stands because it's his first day. Oh yeah, you know, that's he's right. Super, he's super nervous. Um, you know, I get it. And they have a community meeting where they're all sitting in a circle, like all the kids and all the staff are there. And, um, they're doing like announcements and introductions and everything. And then, you know, Grace is like, this is Nate. It's his first day, you know, go easy on him. And he's like, Hey, I'm Nate. I'm so excited to work with underprivileged children. And Marcus, and Marcus in the movie is like 18. He's like the oldest one there. right? Oh yeah. Cause they announce. Uh, right before this, this last week. yeah, they're like, uh, we want to have a going away party. What do you want for your party? He's like, I want to shave my head. And yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like, I want to shave my head. And they're like, well, I meant like food. And he's like, I don't want food. I want to shave my head. And so they're like, okay, we can shave your head. So, um, yeah, Marcus hears that him say that he has always wanted to work with underprivileged kids. And he's like, what the fuck does that mean? Pretty sure verbatim. He's like, yeah. what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Underprivileged? Like, right. Um, Marcus kind of raises a scene. Um, you, you get a, a level drop if you swear. So he gets a level drop and he gets sent to his room. And Nate is, uh, is like, oh, shit, I yeah. messed up. His, <laughs> I've Oops. never seen Rami Malek's eyes so big. <laughs> he's got a pretty, like, wide-eyed stance anyways. But in that moment, yeah. he's literally like, He's oh like, shit! Sorry, man. <laughs> it's those moments too where you like mean the best intentions, and when it comes out of your mouth, you're like, whoa, 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 well, no, yeah, no, 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 no. It's not put the right way. Bless his heart. Um, yeah. so he gets a level drop, and he's kind of in his room, and I believe uh, Mason goes in to check on him. Yeah. Is it this early? I think so. No. No. No, maybe it is. Where he goes in his room he and he's like, yeah. Um, so Mason starts playing the drums for him. Because uh, I guess you kind of get this vibe that like Mason listens to uh, Lakeith Samfield's writing. Who I think he wants to be a rapper. Or is like writing rap music. Well, first of all, every it seems like every kid in this uh, facility, it's very like art is a big deal for them. Mm-hmm. And the staff really embraces that, and I don't, I doubt that's what it's really like. I don't know. I'm sure there's some hidden gems of some places, but that was really sweet to see that the staff was really mm-hmm. embracing, like, the kids' drawing or the music. So, like you were saying, Mason goes into Marcus's room, and um, he's like, do you have, do you have a new rap? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, come here. So, he puts the drum in his lap, and he starts to show him the beat, and then he hands the drum over to mason and that's when he reads his lyrics which are very very telling of where marcus has come from a lot of abuse um a lot of I, i'm pretty sure he like flat out says that his mom made him run drugs when he was 10 years old mm-hmm. um and at some point god i have goosebumps just fucking thinking about it this. was so good i had the subtitles Ugh. on and it could be it could be a, a real yeah song it brought tears to my eyes for sure especially like that last part that he keeps repeating um like i said i won't give it all away but uh marcus eventually has stopped playing the drums and he's just like i don't know what to say no oh, mason does yeah he oh yeah sorry at him he's like oh boy like that's i think yeah. you can tell that's the first time he'd ever really opened up expressed yeah. about what he'd been through yeah um, shit show. yeah uh so 
Uh, fast forward, Grace. Oh, I also think in that little meeting, I think it's kind of important to note that uh, Lewis, uh, one of the kids that is kind of like, eh, he's very flippant about a lot of things. He likes to crack mm-hmm. jokes, kind of a troublemaker, uh, kind of makes comments, like I comments at Marcus. Mm-hmm. Um, he also like doesn't take anyone seriously. So Grace literally has to wake him up and get him out of bed with a water gun. <laughs> Which seemed fun. Yeah, it was, but... um, Yeah. But so, uh, after that, Grace goes into kind of the, like, head... I don't want to say manager, but the guy that kind of owns the facility's office. He shows her this new lamp um, Mm -hmm. that he just got, and he kind of informs her of this girl that's coming to the facility um, named Jaden. Got a very troubled past. Uh, she's the daughter of a friend of a friend Mm -hmm. and he's like, he's a really good guy. Um, his wife passed away and he has had trouble like kind of controlling Jaden. She acts out violently. She's been in homes several times for, uh, aggressive behavior. Uh, I think destructive behavior might've been the words they use, but she's kind Mm -hmm. of aggressive, kind of angry, pissed off. That's all they know. She's going to go home on weekends. Yes. She gets weekend passes. Um, so Grace meets her. Um, she's taken in, given the rules. There's a really cute scene uh, where she's going over the rules with her. And she goes, uh, Grace says something like, yeah, I've been through this fucking thing before. And Grace goes, oh, and no cussing. And she goes, shit, I forgot about that one. And Grace goes, I'm going to let that one slide because it was clever. Yeah. Um, I also like, she was like, you can put anything on the walls. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Jaden goes, can I put penises on the walls? And she goes, if they're scientific, I guess. Or like, uh, <laughs> well, what's it called? Like anatomy. Yeah. Uh, anatomic. Yeah. Anatomically yeah. correct. Yeah. Right. Um, but anyway, so Jaden likes to draw. Uh, that's something you kind of note. Uh Grace sees a drawing of this dead bug in the waiting room <laughs> in her notebook. And she goes, this is awesome. And she's like, it's shit. And she's like, well, if this is crap, like, consider me jealous. So you kind of get this vibe, like, Grace is very, she knows what the hell she's doing here. Like, mm-hmm. she's very good with the kids. She knows them all. She knows what they need. Like, to a T, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I believe, I believe it's after this. Uh, Grace, uh, yeah, they're all going home, and she's like, Nate, great first day. She gets on her bike, and she rides, uh, her boyfriend, who you find out is Mason, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the down low. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, do you want to ride home? She's like, nah, I need to clear my head, just gonna ride my bike. And he's like, okay, I'll see you at home. And she goes to a doctor's office, women's clinic. Um, where it is revealed that she's pregnant. Um, you can tell she's not super excited about it at all. Um, mm-hmm. she, she's asked, like I said, I won't give everything away, but she's asked if she's been pregnant before and she says one time. Um, yeah, <laughs> this movie's fucking, ugh. Um, mm-hmm. so she goes home and I don't think she tells mason not yet no um if i remember right she goes home they have dinner he makes uh chiles 
Rayanos, Rayanos, Chile's, anyways, um, which you find out later, uh, that he is actually adopted by a, a Hispanic foster family. Who adopted, like, 20 kids. It's And is so out cool. there doing the Lord's work in, like, the best way. <laughs> Truly. Um, so they go home, have dinner, and they kind of start to get a little heated. Not in an aggressive way, but in a sexy way. Um, We're 12. Yeah. <laughs> well, I... to do it. <laughs> um, but, uh, unfortunately, Grace gets uncomfortable in the moment um and she literally hits him off of her that was i was really shocked by that yeah it's like that really threw me off guard which it did mason too yeah (laughs) i didn't get slapped in the face he did yeah she she socks him pretty good he goes cleans it up she apologizes and they fall asleep on a couch together. Well, it's the first time, like, we, so far we only know about Grace is what we've seen her, in her element, essentially, at this facility. Like, in, without owning the place, she really owns the place. Like you said, she knows yeah. all of these kids, she knows all of their quirks, she knows what they need. Um, and she rides her bike to kind of clear her head, but she also doesn't ever let anyone in yeah. her head. Yeah. So this, after, uh, she slaps, uh mason he cleans himself up and he goes back to the living room he's like i just need you to let me in every once in a while like you have to let me in on what's going on up there and she just doesn't really say a whole lot to it Mm -hmm. and the next thing is they fall asleep Mm -hmm. so that's the first time we see that she you know as a person that works in a pretty difficult job um is just keeping a lot inside absolutely has her guard up 100%. All the time. Even at home with her boyfriend. Yeah. Now, I believe the next day... I've... I I watched this movie through, like, clouded eyes the whole time, in essence. Because um, yeah, I, I was literally on the brink of crying, like, at any given moment. Um, but I believe the next day is uh, Jaden's birthday? Uh... Yeah. That sounds right, because she still hasn't been there that long. Yeah, no. She hasn't been there that long, but she's getting ready to go home for a visit. Her weekend pass, right? Mm-hmm. Her dad's supposed to pick her up. And uh, Mason makes her red velvet cupcakes. <laughs> and then uh, Grace makes her, like, a bracelet. Oh, yeah, with the J on it. With yeah. J on it. Very sweet. Um, so Jaden is getting ready to go with her father. She's waiting. Uh, tensions are pretty high. Oh, actually, I forgot about the baseball scene. Yeah. The wiffle ball, it's, they're trying to figure out that morning what to do for, like, community activity. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this is the day before or something. Yeah, this is before Sorry. Jane's birthday. I'm jumping no, all over okay. the place. Um. No, no, no. Yeah, this is before Jane's birthday, but, uh, they, they want to play wiffle ball and, uh. Well, Lewis wants to play wiffle ball, and no one else is really down, but no one else really has any suggestions, so they do. Um, Jaden is kind of sitting there drawing the whole time. Mason walks over and kind of, he's like, oh, are you too cool for this game? And uh, sits down next to her, and she's like, I don't know, I just, oh, she says I don't like to sweat. (laughs) Which, (laughs) same. I felt that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
so he asked if she can he can listen to one of her earphones and they kind of you can tell he's like kind of the goofy uncle approach you know like he's everybody's friend but he knows how like kind of odd and off kilter he is but um but anyway so while they're doing that um and i mean off and off off, odd and off kilter in a fun way uh (laughs) not a creepy way he's a good guy you never doubt his like intentions Intentions. ever in the movie um but uh Meanwhile, uh, Lewis is pitching and um, Marcus comes up to bat and Lewis makes a comment. He's like, oh, no one has to worry about catching a ball because Marcus is up. There's no way he's going to fucking hit it. Like, Mm -hmm. he sucks at this game, blah, blah, blah. And so they start playing and it gets kind of tense. It's already tense because Lewis is like kind of spitting off, you know. Yeah, Um, also Marcus has been super super quiet the whole time the whole time ever since we've met marcus he's been really quiet and really sullen um the only time that he's really seemed to open up is when he was uh you know sharing his song with mason Mm -hmm. so he always just looks super tense yeah and so he goes to bat uh and he misses Luz calls it a strike he says it's not blah 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 he misses two more times he strikes out and uh gets kind of frustrated and he's like all right let's change up and i don't remember exactly what lewis says but lewis makes a comment about mason's or marcus's sorry marcus's mother mm. and oh, he said something like you're gonna go back to your mom with this yeah like or whatever and something like that yeah. and marcus lashes out violently hits him with a with the bat um and starts to kind of get i mean they get into a fight um mm-hmm. They luckily are able to separate the boys. Marcus is taken off separately. Um, And Lewis is one of my favorite scenes because you can tell how, like, nuanced and, like, kind of out of place Nate is in all this is Nate Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, God, what's her name? Stephanie. I don't remember her name. Stephanie Beatriz. But uh, they're sitting down on the field with Lewis and she goes, you okay? And Nate answers. <laughs> she is obviously talking to the kid who just got the shit kicked out of him. But Nate answers. He's like, "No, I'm not okay. I'm I'm so out of like out of my zone here. Like I don't know what to do. I can't keep up. Like these kids are too much." And she His just eyes goes, are big. "Yeah, <laughs> Remy Malik, big eyes." <laughs> um, but uh, and she kind of goes, "I definitely wasn't talking to you," and he feels like a fucking idiot. Um, but. They take Mason, not Mason, Mason takes Marcus into, like, his room and whatnot, and I can't remember, I think he just asked if uh, Grace is still going to let him shave shave his head. So, Grace, when they were out there playing wiffle ball, Grace does a room check, and she finds weed in Marcus's oh, mattress, yeah. and so after the wiffle ball thing, they're sitting outside, and she just kind of hands it to him. And I don't remember what he says, but she was like, you could, this could send you to jail. She was basically like, I'm not going to out you, but you have to be, you're smarter than this, essentially. Yeah. I think she says that, you know, verbatim, or verbatim, verbatim, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I gotcha, I gotcha. Um, Yeah, so um, he goes to his room and he's like, 
Gold Grace still shaved my head. Actually, I think that was after he shares the song. Is that when he shares the song? I think it is. It all. Sorry, guys. A lot happens in this movie in the best yeah, way. Honestly. Like, but you're kind of like, it's one of those movies too. I'll say again, kind of like Doubt, where there's no intense action or anything like that. But it's, you have to pay attention. Yeah. One, like. Yeah. Yeah. And and because like the characters are so well built. And there are a lot of storylines going on. Like, you're kind of focusing on all these kids. And there's a scene where Grace is going through when she does find the weed. And you kind of find, like, different little story pieces about each kid. This probably yeah. would have been important. We'll skip forward a little bit. And <laughs> that way I don't mess this up again uh, to the birthday stuff. But uh, she opens Sammy, the little boy who likes to run. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and you see a picture of a little red-haired boy and a little red-haired girl. Um, and, uh, so you kind of sense some kind of story there. Um, mm -hmm. Jaden has put up the penis pictures in her room. The scientific oh, yeah. penis pictures. Yeah, they have, like, labels, parts labeled and stuff. They're very anatomical. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, so let's skip forward a little bit so I don't mess anything up. There is, uh, a really great scene where Grace and Marcus go to his foster parents' house, um, for, like, a, a dinner, Oh, did you talk about the Marcus? In the head shaving? Yeah. Okay, we can, yeah, 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 okay. I, could... I think that was after. It's all out It of... was definitely after the incident. Yeah. Um, so, okay, sorry. <laughs> Hi, right. Eddie Maisie. What the fuck is up? Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I remember him asking, uh, Mason if, let me clear my throat. <clears> throat> Huh. Well, he knew, so Marcus knew he was in trouble because mm -hmm. he hit Lewis with the wiffle ball bat or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he was essentially like, I know I'm in trouble, but will Grace still shave my head? Mm -hmm. And she's like, as long as I hold the razor. Yeah. So they go to the bathroom. This is hands down the first scene where I sobbed. Fuck. Fucked me sobbed. up. And like, yeah. Wow. Um, wow, wow, wow. And I mean, I had been kind of like teetering on it the whole movie in essence, but so they shave Marcus's head and he's like not looking at it. He like mm -mm. can't look at himself in the mirror. He's like, is it lumpy? And they're kind of like, no. They're it, like, no, it looks great. Yeah, it looks fine. <laughs> he's like, no, it, it has to be lumpy. And they're like, no, it. I promise you, like, it looks great. You look great. And he starts crying. He's like, it. It used to be so lumpy. I kept my hair long because it was lumpy because my mom used to beat the shit out of me. Oh, That's my voice cracked. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. And, yeah. Baby. Yeah. It's a really oh. beautiful scene. It really is. My note says, Marcus, all in caps with three hearts <laughs> next to it filled yeah, in. Truly. Um, uh, but he finally looks at it, and you can tell he's, he's... His face is, like, elated for, like, a millisecond. Yeah. Because then he starts to feel his head. Oh, you're tearing up, and it's yeah. making me tear Sorry. Up. <laughs> uh, and then he just, he just hangs his head and sobs. And that's the first time you see Grace kind of crack. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. Which, which like, you see the little... Jaw <gasps> quiver and... Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then after yeah. that, they... <laughs> 
little happy moment they go to which i cried during this too but at that point the floodgate was broken so it was just like never ending um so they go to this little party uh that mason's foster parents have for all the kids they adopted and mason gives this really beautiful speech um about how they took in this punk kid who didn't know what real love was oh i just can't i was just like crying through the whole thing uh, in this moment, you see Grace gets handed a baby, mm-hmm. um, and she's kind of, oh, I should know. No, I, it doesn't matter. We're way past that point. Way past it. Um, yeah, <laughs> like beginning of the movie stuff. Um, but they go out and have a dance. And if I recall, that's the moment when she tells Mason, right? No. No. That's, damn. At this point, he already knows. Oh, he does? They were laying in bed, and she was like, I gotta tell you something. Oh, yeah. I was like, what? She was like, we're gonna have a baby. And he, like, full-on freaks out oh, for, yeah. like, four minutes. And then he comes back, he's like, we're gonna do it. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I love this. So, and then they go to the party, mm-hmm. and when he was doing his speech, I was like, if he announces that she's pregnant, this is all gonna go to yeah. shit. Like, that's what I was worried about, but it just, that wasn't part of it. Like, nope. it didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. But... Every or they know that she's pregnant. She gets handed a baby, so that's kind of like a moment for her. Um, and it's at the dance or at the party when they're dancing, and he just asks, "Would you marry me?" But not oh, like on the that's right. but they're dancing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what he asked her. Um, another lot. She says, milestone. "She says yes, though, right?" Yeah. Okay. She says, "Are you serious?" She says, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I think the next day is the birthday, right? Where Mason makes the cupcakes. Yeah. Okay. Mason makes red velvet cupcakes, brings them for Jane's birthday, and Grace makes the, uh, the bracelet. Sorry, it's starting to thunder outside now. Um, we'll wrap this up real quick. I promise. Um, I don't want this to run super long. Um, but. Jaden is waiting anxiously, has all of her stuff packed to go home with her dad for the weekend. Uh, you can see other kids that are going out for a weekend pass that are not her kids. Grace is kind of watching over. And Jaden, it's kind of, comments have been made earlier about how they have to keep the doors open. And mm-hmm. Jaden's like, well, I don't do that shit anymore. Uh, referring to herself as a cutter. Mm-hmm. And you can see, like, while she's sitting there, she's carving Y into her hand with her, not like the letter Y, but like the word Y, with her fingernail, her thumbnail. Um, and she kind of can't take any more waiting, and she gets up. You can see, it's really cool in this scene, too. The performances in this movie are astronomical. Like, yeah. everyone in this 100%. movie is so fucking brilliant um i swear like even the kids the adults are top of their game but Mm -hmm. um and you can see grace in this moment as Jaden kind of storms off she doesn't make a big scene or anything but she just kind of like grabs her bag and storms off to her room and you can see grace waiting for something you know she's waiting for it Mm -hmm. and then you hear the door slam and grace like looks up at uh rosa from brooklyn 99 and she's like can you watch the kids with nate and they're like yeah or nate comes with her sorry yeah so they're trying everybody else to go to the room essentially yeah so they're trying to get the door open uh jaden is not budging 
Uh, so eventually she's like, look, if you don't let us in, we're going to have to force the door. You have to keep the door open and we'll leave you alone. Mm-hmm. And so they finally get in there and she is pelted. Grace is pelted with that red velvet cupcake <laughs> right in the face. In your face. And, uh, yeah, oh, shit in your mouth. Uh, but, and, uh, Nate and Mason, uh, grab her by the arms and start to pull her to the floor to calm down. Uh, Jaden is like screaming and crying and insulting the shit out of these guys. And, mm-hmm. um, she even mentioned, she's like, oh, you're not fucking tough enough to take me on. So you had to get the bitch to do it. Like yeah. she's cutthroat. Um, yeah. but Grace is like, that's okay. You don't have to like me. You can hate me right now. Let's just calm down. Like, let's just do this together. Uh, she spits in Nate's face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he loves that. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so that happens. <laughs> it's pretty much chaos. So they finally get her settled down and in the quiet. They take her to the quiet room. Mm-hmm. Where... Well, in the meantime, all the kids are in the, oh, yeah. like, common room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Marcus just oh. drops a shoebox full of, like, paper and markers. Pipe cleaners was... and... Yeah, it, it was Jay's birthday. He's like, well, come on. Everyone <laughs> grab like, one. <laughs> yeah. Do it. <laughs> so they start doing all this while Grace and her are in the quiet room. And she notices Grace still kind of digging in that Y on her hand. Or Grace notices Jaden, sorry. Digging mm-hmm. in the Y in her hand and she goes, do you want to see mine? Yeah. And she doesn't really say anything, but she kind of like shows interest. And so Grace lifts up her pant leg just to reveal like literally like just a piece of her ankle. It's not a lot of skin at all. It's, like, maybe three inches. But even that, like, three inches of skin, you can just see these deep-ass scars. Like, like mm-hmm. really horrendous. <laughs> a lot of them. And she mentions, she goes, that one's uh, from a sneeze. I almost cut my Achilles uh, tendon and yeah. uh, bled out. Cut it too deep. And she goes, Jaden kind of asked her, she's like, why would you, like, why do you do it? And Grace admits that her mom died, and she doesn't say anything more than, and my dad, and that's kind of what she leaves it at. Yeah. She's like, I just had a hard time. Or she she says this really beautiful line about how it's hard to care about anything, or it's hard to, to stress about anything else when there's blood coming out of you. Yeah. Also, we need to record a trigger warning for this movie. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Prior to this. <laughs> I forgot about all the unfree not forgot about it, but there's just a fuck ton of heavy shit in this movie. Um So anyways, they beat the shit out of this little uh punching bag dog inflatable thing in the room. And it when looks they fun, and when they, it does. It does. It looks very therapeutic, but I'm pretty sure when they come out of the room um Grace is immediately snatched away. Um, is this the fishbowl? Oh, I don't think... I think that might be the next day, but that's when Jaden goes to her room and sees all the birthday cards that oh, everybody yeah. made her. That's right. It's really sweet. It is sweet. Because um, I'm trying to remember how the movie... Because there's also... Because I feel like that scene happens before um, Jaden shows her a book. Yeah, I just... 
Yeah, because... I think, if we're wrong, just watch the movie. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, you should watch it anyway. Yeah, from here on out, just... From here on out, I think we will have to talk a little more spoilery stuff. I'll do my best not to. Unless I just want to well, leave it at that. Then, so, you know, there's all these kids in this facility, but the main stories we follow are obviously, like, Grace and Mason, and then Marcus and Jaden mm -hmm. are the two that have the biggest storylines. And they're all, as Georgia Hardstuck would say, kind of intertwangled. Mm-hmm within each other <laughs> yeah. as in the layout of how it works mm -hmm. so i think i think Jaden's storyline still continues and then it's the fishbowl thing okay. because yes okay i couldn't remember because i remember the lamp thing <laughs> that's after yeah oh Jayden yeah yeah that's lamp. after um mm -hmm. so we can hi editing Maisie. No, is... that is the same day. Cause I thought it had just been like a shitty fucking day, and that's when we get like that big other plot development. No, no, no. So after the party, uh, mm -hmm. so Jaden goes to her room. She sees the card. She's like, "Okay, this is oh. really nice or whatever." And they do a little party. They do it in a circle. They're playing big booty. You know, the clapping game yeah. or whatever. And she is smiling. All of a sudden, her eyeliner is a little thinner than it used to be because she used to have, like, really dark, thick eyeliner around her eyes. Mm -hmm. And after she went to the, um, like, the where they punch mm -hmm. the inflatable dog room or whatever, mm -hmm. it looks like she tried some off. Yeah. And so um, they're at this party. They're playing the game. And, you know, Jane's, like, kind of smiling and looking around. And then she just kind of turns around and walks away. Yeah, I do and remember we this. Don't know where she went, and everyone's enjoying the party until we hear an alarm. Yeah, and then Grace runs out and says, "We've got an A wall." Yeah. So, so then, she, yeah, yeah, she follows her. Uh, Jaden tells her to keep a safe distance, mm -hmm. um, and she follows her uh, back to Jaden's house, Jaden's dad's house, I guess. Which, like. On a bus, like yeah. miles and miles and miles away. It's not like she ran four a minutes. A couple blocks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, like this is forever away. Um, and so she gets to the house, and there's no one home. So and it was that was supposed to be her birthday. She was supposed to be picked up. Yeah. By her dad. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, Grace kind of comforts her, and she's like, "Why don't we go back? You know, I think it's time to go back." Um, so they get back and this is, this is, I remember it now. I, I've got my, I've got my train back on. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, all right. All right. So they get back to the facility and Jaden goes, can I read you something? I'm mm -hmm. not going to read the story. I'm not going to say anything about it nope. because it is definitely hands down the part that made me cry the hardest. I remember when I first saw this movie, I thought about this scene at work the next day and cried about it. Damn. It's wild um just know that when Jaden wants to read her her story it's like game over um so it's kind of a anyways in that moment grace realizes something pretty traumatic has happened to this girl is happening to this girl mm -hmm. and she writes a huge report on it and drops it in her manager's office uh like mailbox the next or that night mm -hmm. um 
so from that point on, um, that's actually when the party happens. <laughs> I'm a little out of my, yeah. The party with the foster parents happens after that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I cheated because I did wiki it real quick to make sure I had my notes in order, and I did not. Um, but I didn't take oh, notes on okay. this one. Uh, but, uh, so, um, the next morning after that party, Grace gets a phone call to reveal that her father is being let out of prison next month. And she is cracking. Yeah. She is, like... You can see, like, in that moment, uh, she goes to wipe, like, hair out of her face, and there's blood, so she's, like, self-harming. Um, she's sticking out her fingers. Her head is yeah, a Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, she, yeah. like, there's blood on her hand. Um, yeah. And so, she, like, Mason is trying to be there for her, and she, like, absolutely refuses it and just goes to work. Um, upon arriving to work, they go... Oh, hey, um, you need to... Oh, she figures out that uh, Jaden is picked up by her father overnight. Mm-hmm. So she goes into her boss's office and lays down the fucking law. She's like, you cannot... Did you not read my fucking report? Like, I don't give a shit if she's the daughter of a friend of a friend. And he's like, look, there's no evidence. We had, like, people talk to her. She said, no, none of that has happened. She... Grace knows better. You can tell she relates mm -hmm. to this girl on a whole nother level, and she knows exactly what the fuck she's going through, in essence, right? But there's nothing she can do, so Grace rips his brand new lamp out of the wall and goes and throws it in the fucking parking lot. <laughs> um, so she finally like, kind of starts to calm down from that, and she walks in, and someone goes... Um, We've got a situation. Um, Marcus's fish is dead. And we think... He thinks Lewis had something to do with it. Right? Mm-hmm. So... Um... I can't remember... Lewis is, like, out in the common area, right? No, Lewis is in his bed. Oh, sleeping. That's right, that's right. Yeah, um, well, so Grace goes to investigate, and she's like... Yeah, she, she sees the fishbowl on the ground. Yeah, she goes to Marcus's room and she's like, "Look, I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. What happened to your fish?" And he's like, "I don't want to talk about it." Or he's like, "Can you just leave me alone, please?" Yeah. And I don't remember what happened in between that and the next incident. I thought she just um uh I don't remember. So I thought she went to his room and it was empty and she goes to uh, Lewis's room and she's like, tell me you didn't have anything to do with it. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, tell me you didn't kill the fish. Like, seriously. Okay. So fucking he tell me. He, Marcus was in his room, but that was what happened next. He okay. did go, or uh, she does yeah. go to Lewis. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And yeah. Yeah, so um I mean, the next thing I remember is she looks down the hallway and yeah. just sees feet. Well, so she goes in. I think she goes back to his room and sees the fishbowl broken. Hmm. Like, so the fishbowl was, like, on the ground, but it was still in one piece. Mm hmm But then when she walks back into his room, the fishbowl is, on like, shattered. 
right? And yeah, and then so she turns around, and like some other things happen in between this, but it's very like back and forth. Like she goes to Lewis's room after Marcus's, and then she goes back to Marcus's room, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. Like after she goes and does something else, but she goes back, he's gone. Uh, but the fishbowl is broken, and then she turns around, and that's when she sees the feet sticking out of Lewis's room. And she goes back, there's blood on the door, and she thinks he's attacked Lewis, who is on the bed. Well, Marcus is leaned up against the door, Yeah, and she just sees, like, a bloody piece of glass in his hand. Yeah. She's like, oh, shit, like, she's kind of freaking out, and yeah. she looks to Lewis... And she shakes him because he's laying on his bed. She's expecting the worst, and yeah. he, he was just asleep. Yeah. And so she looks over, and Marcus falls unconscious, and she sees that he slit his wrist. Like the bad way. Yeah. Ooh. Um. So they go to the hospital to wait for news of Marcus, and Grace is obviously at her cracking point, and she says, I can't do this. I can't do this. And he's like, well, do you want to... Mason is with her, and he goes, do you want to go home? Like, let's let's just go home. Let's just go home. We can come mm-hmm. back. And she's like, no, I can't do this. That's not what I mean. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, I can't have your baby. I can't get married to you. I'm done. Like, bombshell, bombshell, bombshell. Yeah. And so he goes, do you want to have an abortion? She's like, I already made the appointment. And then he's like, uh, don't come to the apartment tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um... He pretty much, I don't think he handles it the best way, but, like, I can't, I don't know. I I think Grace is pretty relatable in a lot of ways. And um, I think when you are at that point when you can't really bring yourself to break down the wall still, you know, that's all he, I think- like, Mason even notes, he's like, I've waited for three years for you to give me anything, something, anything, and you haven't. He says a line in that scene. He says, I wish you would take the advice you give your kids. Yeah. And just talk. Which, you know, she's... It's just not yeah. not how her brain works. It's not plausible for her at this moment in her mind. No. So, um, Mason leaves. He pretty much tells her he's done. Um, and Grace hops on her bike. And goes to Jaden's house. Jaden's dad's house. Jaden's dad's house, yeah. Um, she, uh, she breaks, she essentially breaks into the house. Mm-hmm. Grabs <laughs> uh, a bat from the garage. And sneaks upstairs to where he's sleeping. And is pretty much, like, ready to bash his fucking brains in. Yeah, she's literally, like, standing next to the bed, his side of the bed. It's about to be well, game over. <laughs> While the TV is on. So there's, like, blue light behind her. Yeah. And she's just this dark figure. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jaden comes in the door. She's like, this is a little extreme, isn't it? Yeah, she's like, aren't you being <laughs> a little dramatic? <laughs> and so, anyways, Jaden kind of convinces her. She's like, come on. And they go downstairs, which is kind of an odd switch to see this girl who is known for having disruptive, aggressive behavior to kind of calm Grace down. Right. And so they kind of go and swap stories, in essence. Uh, mm-hmm. Grace admits everything that her father's done to her and why she's stressed out about it. Um, and and 
then uh, Jaden lifts her shirt and she says he likes the belt. A little cliche, if you ask me. Shows her a, a mark. And Grace is like, we have, you have to tell somebody. Like, you absolutely have to tell somebody. I can't yeah. let you do this. And so she does convince Jaden to come back with her to short term 12. Um, which is what the building's called. I don't think I mentioned that in this whole thing. That's why the movie's yeah. called Short Term 12. It's like one of the first uh, lines yeah. when Mason is telling Nate. He's like, Short Term 12. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Great, we out. got that out of the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, she goes back, and before she walks into the room with a couple of therapists uh, and, um, I can't remember, child services, uh, C- CDS. CDS, yeah. Um uh in the manager she looks at grace and says you're gonna be a great mom one day or she just says you're gonna be a great mom i don't think she knows grace is pregnant but i think she just like had that feeling that like when grace does have kids so it's, it's be great. yeah it's a really really great scene though and you can hear her telling the um child protective services about her dad and what he does to her and stuff like that um and so grace retreats not retreats she goes back to Mason. Goes back to the apartment. And I don't remember if she kind of comes clean with everything or if they just allude to it. They allude to it. Yeah. She um, just says, I'm sorry for everything. And he's laying on the couch and he just opens up the blanket and she lays down there with him. Uh, yes. And then um, when she apologizes, uh, Mason lets her know that Marcus is going to be okay. And then the next scene, uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, just click off if you don't want to hear this. The next scene is Grace and Mason at the fucking doctor hearing their baby's heartbeat for the first time. <laughs> and it's beautiful and I cried again. I've been <laughs> yeah, crying. I, <laughs> I stopped for like two seconds, continued to cry. <laughs> yes. Um, and then after that scene, um... They're back at Short Term 12. You can tell it's been a while. Um, Grace and Mason, I think, are out as a couple officially. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are telling a story of their coffee routine or their coffee shop moment where they go to the coffee shop and they see... Well, there was another little thing about... Uh, yeah. They see this... Uh, they had a girl in their facility named Lisa... Liza Green. Liza Green. Um, and she was like... The most beautiful girl in the facility. Everyone wanted to talk to her, but she didn't give anyone the time of day. And then this 15-year-old boy who barely spoke, like, two words to anybody, didn't say anything his first week of admittance. Um, They're at group, uh, or their community meeting thing, and he stands up because they ask if anyone has anything to say. And this kid stands up and goes to uh, Liza, Liza Green? Is that what you said? Yep, Liza Green. Liza Green and says... I know you don't know me. I know you don't know who I am. Um, but I just wanted to let you know, I think you're the most interesting person here. And I really hope I get to know you. Even though she was leaving. because She was about to turn 18. Um, so they tell this story and they're like, and that 15 year old kid was Mason. Or Marcus. Sorry. Marcus. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, not Mason. Um, Marcus. And that when they went to go get coffee, they saw Marcus. Uh, out and talking about his job at the aquarium and how life is going very well and that everything's great and then they notice the second coffee cup 
And just like in the fucking movies, they look over, the bathroom door swings open, and out walks Liza Green. Liza Green! And they had been on, like, their fifth date together. And everything's great. And uh, then the alarm goes off. And the little, door swings open. <laughs> little Sammy goes bolting with a fucking American flag tied around his neck. And the movie ends with them chasing after him in slow motion. Maisie, did you like the movie? I, this was such a beautiful movie. I loved it. And it's, so when we first started this podcast, I said what I like um, about movies that I end up liking is when I feel like I'm there. Mm-hmm. And I, like, can't look away. I'm not concerned about my phone or anything. I'm in it. And I was in it the whole time. 100%. It's like doubt, like you said earlier. It's like doubt where there's not, there's no explosions. There's not anything crazy going on. Mm-hmm. But you're just so invested in these people. Absolutely. And what they have to say and their stories. And you just want to make sure these kids are okay. Um, I really, it sounds kind of silly because it's kind of technical. But I love in movies and shows when... They go up close on a person's face, and you can tell they're a real person and not just, like, stage makeup. Yeah, I feel like Brie Larson was not wearing makeup that whole movie. She, uh, I mean... You could see, like, I mean, this sounds really nitpicky, but, like, kind of, like, pimples and little pores, yeah. like... Yeah, which I, or, like, uneven I makeup, yeah. like, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, I really prefer that in the movie, though, because it, like, it makes it look, like you said, just... Real. Yeah. I did not feel like I was watching anything but, like, real life. Um, yeah. But. I I loved it a lot. Uh, my last vote just says, wow, Violet, dot, 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 Because <laughs> I was like, okay. Thanks, okay. Violet. Is it fine? It's good. I know. I watched them backwards. I think I even said watch Night School first. And I guess, like, you can. Because I do think Short Term 12, no offense, but I do think Short Term 12 is a better movie. But it's the superior of the yeah, two. But, like, it's definitely a lot heavier. But it does, like, give you kind of warm fuzzies. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I love this movie. I have recommended to it. Very rarely do people watch it. So, please, take this recommendation. Watch it. Um. So, Real quick, I think this episode is going to go a little bit over. Sorry, guys. That's just the way the world works. That's okay. We cut that out a chunk in the middle and repeat. There we go. Um, and chunk. <laughs> so, Maisie, what is our... We're doing another theme. Why not? Themes are fun. They're difficult. They are. lay our theme on us. Especially when I figure out the theme <laughs> this morning. And then we come to record and Valley's like, did you pick a movie? And I was like, shit. <laughs> BRB. <No. laughs> BRB. Um, I picked a very specific genre, maybe not so specific, but kind of a theme because I want to watch stuff out of my own element because I don't know if we were recording when I was saying this earlier or not, but I feel like we've gotten into a pattern Uh where I pick the happy-go-lucky stuff and you pick the serious stuff. That's fair. And we're only five episodes in, so let's break the habit. All right. Do stuff we wouldn't normally pick. So I picked... 80s uh sci-fi slash thrillers yes so i had a hard time finding something (laughs) in the span of like 15 minutes on uh multiple streaming services and so hold on let me figure out oh it's on netflix okay um i picked 
Let me get the title right. Uh-oh. <laughs> you want to say what you picked? Uh, sure. I can tell you what I picked. Um, so I went way off kilter. This is actually a movie I'm shocked that I haven't seen. It's not conventional. I know it, like, changed a generation. Um, I picked 1988, uh, thriller, sci-fi, anime movie, Akira. This is what I'm talking about. I want you to tell me to watch stuff I would not watch, and I would not watch that if it weren't for this podcast. So it's been on my list literally since I was like 10 years old, <laughs> and I've just never watched it. I know it's totally – I probably lie to people and say I've seen it just so, like, they don't judge me in the anime community. Um, Where is it at? It's on Hulu. Um, How do you spell it? A A K I R A Akira. Um, you can watch it dubbed or subbed. I'm gonna watch it dubbed because I'm a wimp. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks wild. I've seen a lot of stuff from it. I've seen a lot of cosplayers from it. What? I saw this, uh, basically like poster as I was looking for movies. Really? There we go. Yeah, so that's my pick for this week. I want to do something kind of off-kilter, and I wanted something that I hadn't seen this go-around. Whoa, sick. Okay, cool. I'm actually really excited. <laughs> Me too. I might do the edibles and then watch that. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I oh, heard no. it's heavy, but game on. Oh, it's heavy? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen it. Oh, my. Okay, so this is – I love us, first of all, <laughs> and how different our brains work. Tight. Um, so not only was I kind of rushed for time, but this is just a movie that I have only seen bits and pieces over, like, my brother's shoulder, essentially. Okay. So we're going to be watching um, Indiana Jones, Raider of the Lost Ark. <gasps> Ooh, Raiders. Good. Nice. Hell 1981 yeah. fantasy action. And it's available on Netflix. Tight. I think all of Indiana Jones are. Yeah. So all I mean, of Indiana Jones and, like, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. I almost picked a Star Trek movie, but... Uh, I don't know. I've seen them all. But I'm excited. I'll take any excuse to watch Indiana Jones. Plus, this will be an excuse to make everyone else watch Temple of Doom, which is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. So, I'm psyched. I'm stoked. I'm writing it down. Akira. Alright, everybody. So, if you want to join in next week, or in two weeks with us, uh, please add uh, Akira and... Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark to your watch list. Um, as always, I'm Violet. And I'm Maisie. And, um, ooh, gotta think of a quick movie quote real quick. Uh, classic. Um, uh, have a good week, you burnt leprechaun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> no, I'm leaving it in. Well, you're the editor, but. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Adios. <laughs> Bye. Couldn't think.